The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern with Garrett. You know, I'm just going to cut this. Was that you? (laughs) I hate you so much. We're sitting here. I'm like, what was that? (laughs) What? I don't have to explain myself. (laughs) What was that smell? I'm in the middle of monologuing. That smell? Oh, my God. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, apparently the stinkiest bear in the cage, Bear Fiorda. Hey, everyone poops. You better not be pooping when you're on the show. We're literally... No, I'm, sitting... no, I'm talking about a book. You know, a book, Everybody mm-hmm. Poops, what you mm-hmm. tell little kids. That's a weird book to share with your kids, by the way. I mean, you could just go out and be honest with them, but instead you got to make them read a book about it. Also, did you know, recently, women are now being advertised on TV as poopers. Well, that's because that gets more attention than t- than doing it the other way. You know, you know, one day now, they're going to start showing actual red food coloring instead of blue when it comes to tampon commercials. That's true. I think they should, though. That would normalize some things. Uh, <laughs> uh, on another weird note, before we actually get started in this show, there's a shocking number of presents that died from diarrhea. I, I know. We were, talk- we, were, we were talking about it before the show. How many presidents have died from diarrhea? I, I'm still currently counting them up to number three on this list I found, and Thomas Jefferson was the first, in case anyone was curious. Okay, why are so many presidents dying of diarrhea? Well, think of the time and age in which they were presidenting. I mean, I'm sure dysentery was still an issue r- relatively around then. Maybe they also just got sick and they didn't really have the right medicine to deal with it. So there's a list of presidents that just pooped themselves to death. Yes. And it's glorious. It's not glorious. I'm sorry. It's a wrong word for that. It's disgustingly interesting. I don't know. I'm more interested in you calling it glorious. Well, I, glorious in the sense of it's weird. No one's heard. You haven't heard of that before, at least not in uh, a modern time and age. But I, they don't teach you that in school, I'll tell you that much. You do not learn about which presidents died from uh, diarrhea in school at any point. Have you ever considered that might be with good reason? I consider it as the United States wins most wars, so we get to decide what our history looks like. Yeah, that's kind of the so rules. We get to say that, the so we get to hide the fact that our presidents died from pooping themselves. I like that. Not the pooping themselves part, but the fact that, you know, history covers that up. But history covers up a lot of things. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the royal family today. We're going to be talking about controlling about women. Yes. Yeah, and speaking of cover-ups, I think one of the more interesting historical cover-ups was uh, Wallace Simpson and the ex-King Edward. Oh, what was the, the, the called the, rom- the romantic king. It, it couldn't have been less romantic. They were Nazi sympathizers. He or She was an actual Nazi. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the entire time she's supposedly wanting to go after this former king boning him, she's writing back to her ex-husband, I fucked up, take me back. Yeah. It's the least romantic situation ever. Well, what makes it even less romantic is you have uh, this ex-king had turned around and made a deal with Adolf Hitler to essentially kill the entire British monarchy at that point, which was King George, 
uh, then Princess Elizabeth, later Queen Elizabeth, and Princess Margaret. So Hitler's going to go in, kill the current king and his daughters, mm-hmm. put uh, Edward back on the throne. Didn't they also have and, a child by then, her and um, the Prince of Edinburgh? Who? Did they, did they, uh, the Duke of oh, Edinburgh? Sorry, Duke of Edinburgh. Yes, and they yeah. would have also had... No, 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 she hadn't married the they Duke of Edinburgh yet. yet. Okay. No, 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 she had not married uh, Prince Philip yet. So he would have... The, so kill the king, kill the two princesses, our future Queen Elizabeth, uh, God rest her soul, and put King Edward back on the throne with Queen Wallace and run it as a Nazi puppet state for Hitler. He actually told... He told Hitler to keep up the bombing of England, keep up... The London bombings keep up the blitz because the people will get tired and cave in. So he killed so many of his own people to try and put himself back on the throne with the woman that he supposedly quit the throne for. You know, thank God he was only, I was going to say president. Thank God he was only king for as, for as short a time as he was because he actually learned significant information about. Well, they were actually, time. they put him on an information diet, which is the first time they've ever done that with a monarch. They stopped giving him information because they knew he was feeding it back, and they had to put him under surveillance from from the English government. Was this prior to him leaving the, the, the throne? Yes. Wait, so even as king, they thought that mm-hmm. he did, they, they thought he was a traitor. Traitor! Wow, that is so weird. Because he had friends prior um, in in the Nazi Party in Germany in 1930. Yeah. 19, no, it was 1920s time actually. Mm-hmm. Or, no, 19 teens had to be. It was before World it War One. It was, yeah. It was, it was, no, it was before World no, War, War II. No, Yeah. I got my and, times all mixed up. And so basically, but yeah, he was a full-on Nazi sympathizer. She was a full-on Nazi. Uh, there was actually a story about after he'd abdicated, um, he'd gone to a dinner party and sat there talking to somebody about Hitler not being such a bad fellow. And the response to him was, sir, I never thought in civilized conversation I would ever hear a defense of Hitler. And, and it shut him down. But he was explaining to a woman, and you all can look this up, how the Jews had uh, a stranglehold on German society and was demonstrating it by linking his fingers with hers and saying that Hitler was just trying to unentwine them. It was really horrific. Like, he was an actual, uh, he believed in eugenics. He was an anti-Semite. He was a real problem. Maybe he considered more of a Nazi than just a sympathizer yes. at this point. But he he eventually became a full Nazi. Uh, but at the time, he was a Nazi sympathizer. And so because of that, people like uh, Good King George, mm-hmm. who were very, very um, anti-eugenics, anti-Hitler, anti, you know, uh, the Holocaust, anti the extermination of humans, uh, had to live with this this fear of being labeled racist and anti-Semitic. And Queen Elizabeth grew up under that shadow. So she was very, very careful in her time never to abdicate the throne, never to leave the throne. I mean, up till the day before she she died, she was working. She swore in the next um, prime minister. Yeah. Because she never wanted she, – she grew up under the cloud of Edward. And so – and she was incredible. During uh, a time when apartheid was a thing, she went out and she danced with the president of Ghana. She really um, – was an advocate for equality. She, at her funeral, her daughter, Princess Anne, stood at the prince's vigil. And then they had the first grandchildren's vigil and her granddaughters did it. So she normalized women doing these men's jobs. And what was incredible, she also normalized a female ruler. I am so impressed with what she did. She, she was a quiet feminist. She believed in absolute equality. She fought against apartheid. 
So it was really, really incredible to watch. And then, you know, this, this cloud that hung over her because of her Nazi uncle uh, was made worse, of course, by her new granddaughter-in-law, uh, Skankface Liar. I, I mean, Meghan Markle. Was she a Nazi? Meghan Markle? Oh, no. So you said she, he, she made it worse. She made the, the view of the monarchy worse when they finally escaped the cloud of, king, oh, of, right. of the ex-King Edward. Yes, because now they're racists. That's, that's what's being said about them, which I find very, very sad. Um, and what was really interesting to me about King Edward being an anti-Semite and being racist and yeah. being a Nazi, his great-grandmother, Queen Isabella, was half black. Huh. Well, here's the thing, though. Does that necessarily mean that they're... I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I want you to explain it properly. Does okay. that necessarily mean that they're not racist just because they happen to have one no, no, black no. relative? Cle or does that mean that only one of them may not have been racist? Okay, so a person can be racist based on many, many things. Uh, I, it's considered actually a psychological defect to a point. But the reality of the situation is King Edward's uh, king at the time when he was king, King Edward's great great grandmother mm -hmm. was half black. Right. So in his own family line, by his own standard, he was not white. Oh, okay. So it made it kind of weird that he was so that anti he was, everything yeah. else. It was really so, very so weird. So pro-white, white is right kind of motion. Yeah, pretty okay. much. It was it was very, very weird. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, I, I'm gonna the American comes in. Why is it every time an American gets involved in monarchy, something goes wrong? I like Americans. Because like, you guys are awesome we're so people. We're anti-monarchy. We, we literally got, a, we got upset over, technically upset over taxes, but we took it out on tea and disband and disowned you, disowned <sighs> your, your, at the time... King. God, you're also judgy. I'm not saying I'm not saying he was king. A good king George the Eighth, was it? No. Who was it? It was it was Mad King. But leave it be. <laughs> is that all right? Whatever. But the the point is, everyone has an issue essentially with this or with that, and I get it. You don't like monarchy, but I'm talking about every time an American woman marries into the monarchy, there is a problem. And then Meghan Markle is actually comparing herself to Wallace Simpson. And I'm like, has anyone taught this woman history? Like, are you are comparing yourself to a Nazi? Stop. Does it help that they didn't marry? Did they, they, they technically marry while they were in the British monarchy? Did they already leave before that? Uh, they married after they were out. If they you're married about. after they were out. Yeah. So technically, she didn't marry into the British monarchy. But she she did. So what's but so this American woman marries in and then Meghan Markle, who sold herself as this American Californian actress. Mm. She she was born and raised in California. She was not part of like, you know, Hollywood. She was a cable television actress that could get a job in Canada. She wasn't even on like American television. Yeah, well, I don't remember what her dad did, but apparently he, he her was dad, really big yeah, he was in, huge in, in film. film. And uh Yeah, Woody. You know what? I guess everyone's got their thing, and maybe her thing was never meant to be Hollywood, but she wanted fame. She wanted fortune. She wanted to be known. The problem, she didn't want to follow the rules. And people, and I'm going to tell you this from a PR perspective, y'all, so listen to me on this. This is my job, please. So if you want to be famous, the number of people that you can interact with is the number of people that are going to follow you. She could organically get around 500,000 followers. Mm -hmm. That is what she could organically get. So that is the number of people that are genuinely interested in her. The numbers boosted after she was with Prince Harry. The problem is when she got with Prince Harry, they weren't following her because she interested them. Mm -hmm. They were following because her husband did. Right. So it expanded they get to see a little more, hopefully yeah. a little more into the monarchy. So 
that it expanded her audience, but these were not genuine fans. And now that she's got a global stage, the reason she gets so much hate yeah. is because one, her behavior is absolutely bizarre Two, because she does lie a fair amount. It's not something that would have been discovered when she was a nobody on the Canadian TV show. But the biggest problem you're going to have with her is this audience that she could not command without Harry. Mm -hmm. She's now got, but she's got because of Harry. So people aren't listening to her. They're not listening to her podcast because they're Meghan Markle fans. They're listening to the podcast because they're interested in Prince Harry's wife. And because of that, her actions go under scrutiny. And when she fails to live up to a normal standard or she lies or she even has a lot of these really controlling behaviors, I encourage you all go look up H.G. Tudor. He does a great breakdown on narcissism and specifically uses Harry's wife. Mm. Um, but the fact that Harry's wife couldn't command that audience without him means that they're not going to love her when she commands them because of him. And she fights everything because she's not fighting to be known. She's fighting to be loved, and she doesn't know how. If she was smart, she would never have compared herself to Princess Diana. You can never win that war. Never try and be Princess Diana. Never try and be Elvis. Never try and be Marilyn Monroe. You will fail. Find icons that didn't die tragic deaths. Um, she would have done better modeling herself after Grace of Monaco, Except Princess for Grace. Thomas Jefferson. Except for Thomas Jefferson, don't shit yourself to death. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language on this show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society, and free MMA. We swear because we care. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda, and with our very, very special guest, who's clearly breathing into the phone. 
I hope they're not doing anything fun that we don't know about. Uh, the web host of BDSM for Dummies. So, guys, make sure if you are interested in anything kink, follow BDSM for Dummies. We are going to be talking about controlling women, controlling partners, and where BDSM and abuse split, essentially. And that will be really easily led into by Ezra Miller. Uh, BDSM lady, welcome to the show. Hello, good afternoon. So we are talking about all things Hollywood. We talked a little bit about Meghan Markle, which we will totally get back to in a little while. But we were chatting in the break, and it looks like Ezra Miller had a messiah complex and wants to lead an indigenous revolution. An indigenous revolution? Yes. Question, question, is Ezra Miller indigenous? I don't know. Hey, okay, so my question was... Is Ezra Miller indigenous? I don't know. That's weird. That's weird that he wants to lead some kind of revolution. Well, no, what's weird is that he kidnapped a bunch of young girls. Hold on. Technically, he only inappropriately touched them. He kidnapped one of them. Let's let's keep our weird facts straight. Are you seriously standing up for him molesting children? No. But I just want to scrutinize him in the right way. Fine. Uh, let's, Let's go to the short version. Ezra Miller's an asshole with a Jesus complex that tried to start his own cult, kidnapped a, bu- kidnapped a girl, touched inappropriately underage girls, destroyed families, de- destroyed people's lives, and has assaulted people. You know, oddly enough, we could And sexually assaulted people. All of those behaviors led up to him having this messiah uh, belief in himself, this messiah complex. We could have seen it coming. We really could. Every person who thinks they're God... Every person who thinks that they're the coming of Jesus always mm. ends up diddling little kids. We should have seen this coming. And broke into a house and stole booze. And broke into a house and stole people's booze. All right. That's, maybe it started there. I don't know. Why is it every cult leader always wants to have sex with children? Every cult leader does the same thing. You can look it up. They immediately separate the men and women. They immediately convince all the men that they have to be celibate because he or whoever has to take on the burden of childbirth because it's now considered a burden. And then he's got to start fucking their kids. I don't know why, but it keeps happening. It doesn't make any sense why they always do the same thing, why people fall for it. it I don't get it why you've had so many different cult leaders at this point. One of them took his entire following of like 500 people out into the middle of South America or Central America and had them gunned down. James, Jamestown. A Jamestown massacre. Uh, and everyone's just totally cool. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to go with this guy. We've seen this happen two dozen times before. I read about this in history class, but God damn it, this guy's different. Ezra Miller. He's going to lead a bunch of people out into the middle of nowhere and shoot them and fuck their kids. That, that's pretty much what cult leaders do. It is amazing. They're uh, just so charismatic. They're so good at getting people. They, they're exactly the same as serial killers, just on a more grand scale, I guess. I don't know. Ted Bundy could have started a cult. <laughs> Speaking of sexy people doing weird things, we're going to talk about BDSM. Hold on. Don't don't call Ted Bundy sexy. That does not play right. <laughs> All right. So I got to ask, there's a lot of view in the media of overlap between, you know, kidnapping and sexual assault, which is why Ezra Miller was a great lead in and BDSM, especially after Fifty Shades of Grey came out. People having rape fantasies, mm-hmm. which oh, I don't kink, sh- kink shame, but there's a lot of misconception about what that is, I think. Well, I think that Fifty Shades of Grey has a great deal to play in that misconception of what BDSM is. How so? Fifty Shades of Grey is Twilight fan fiction that was 
written by a lady who had absolutely no idea what BDSM was prior to writing the book. She did turn it she into a whole a thing where he wanted to have sex with of... his mother. I beg your pardon? She did a whole thing that he wanted to have sex with his mother. Yes. And that's not BDSM? You can be. No, that's an Oedipus complex. You can be. You can ask your girlfriend to pretend to be your mom, and that could be your uh, your kink. Okay, so you I know. dress them up as the mother. You get them the wig. Get the whole. Listen, I don't know how far we can go before it's technically not considered kink shaming, and it's considered what's actually righteous and correct in the world. Like, is it? Uh, do uh, well, you you're into kink. Oh, no, but I'm going to ask the BDSM person since we have her on. If I dress someone up to look like my mom, is that considered a kink? I guess it would be. I think that that's the, that's a therapy requirement. W- would you be allowed to kink shame me at that point? I'm going to text your mother and tell her we're having this conversation on air. You should tell her that. Uh, okay, BDSM lady. When people look at BDSM, they think of abusive and controlling relationships. One of the examples you're finding online a lot is they're talking about uh, Meghan Markle having her boot, uh, you know, on Harry's crotch. Do where is the line between abuse and BDSM? I think there's a big difference between abuse and BDSM. With BDSM, you're looking at a safe, sane, and consensual relationship. With abuse, there is no line, there is no communication, and there is a consistent trampling of boundaries. When you're looking at a BDSM relationship, there is consistent communication on what exactly is going to take place. When you're looking at abuse, you're just taking advantage of a person. Okay, but people think that the BDSM world is a sign of mental illness. I mean, even the guy that played uh, Grey, that played uh, What's-His-Face in Fifty Shades of Grey, went to a BDSM club and talked about how dirty he felt afterwards. Meaning the actor? Yeah, the actor. The actor went to a BDSM club to research his role, went in and talked about how filthy it was and how he had to take multiple showers before he went to his wife. Yeah, I actually recall that. Do you so so why do you think this view of BDSM exists? I'm sorry, I'm having difficulty hearing you. Why do you think this view of BDSM exists? I think because sex in general is such a taboo subject. And I think that here in America specifically, sex is sold to younger generations, but then talked about it as as if it was something that's shameful. I'm gonna I'm gonna come up and say that religion probably plays a big part in that, into why we view sex the way we do. I really do think that it there's such a negative connotation just because of it. I agree with that. Now, something I'm gonna ask you: in your experience, when we look at BDSM. Where is the line between, now you've said safe, sane, and consensual. That's great. What does that mean? It means that every single one of the acts that are done between whether it be one person or a group of 50, everything is consensual. You're not looking at just going in and beating a whole bunch of people. Can you go in and beat a whole bunch of people? Is that part of it? Like, where is the line between BDSM and kink? 
Or is all BDSM well, kink? Or is all kink BDSM? There's there's boundaries. So usually that is that's discussed with your partners beforehand, partner partners, and that becomes what exactly is going is, is expected to be done during the scenes. Okay, so does that bleed into other aspects of the relationship, though? I know that uh, Meghan Markle is constantly used now online as an example of a dominatrix or a dominating partner. That's going to give her more. No, fun, she's actually. just a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how, how do you? Okay, explain. She's just a controlling person. She has nothing to do with. I, I don't know if she tends to go into a BDSM relationship, but what she is exhibiting is abuse. It's whether she has purposely and intentionally moved Harry out of the situation where he's surrounded by his loved ones, put him in a completely different country, isolated him, and you constantly see online where she is essentially molding the public's view, even down to when he does interviews, if she doesn't if she sees something that she doesn't like, she'll intentionally step in front of him and stop him from speaking. Okay, so that's abuse, not BDSM. Then why is the world seeing her as, like, a dominatrix? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's the lack of knowledge of BDSM or, or kink-style relationships. I think that entices everyone to think, oh, this is controlling behavior and she fucks him so that means bdsm not to mention if harry did sign even one sheet of paper whether he looked at it and read it or not because we don't know if he reads i'm kidding it's a bad joke don't pick on my monarchy i mean harry's yeah, a little yeah, yeah. i'm a little pissed at harry right now but keep going anyways if he signed this one sheet of paper that says i'm gonna treat you i, I get to treat you like shit as part of our kink and i get to control your behaviors because uh, it turns me on. And he signed it just thinking, huh, I get pussy. Um, it's cool. That's consent. Now, he Isn't that what a marriage certificate is? He gets what a marriage certificate is, yeah. And he, he could take it back at any point and be like, no, I'm not into it anymore and stop it. But obviously he's not. But that's the difference between, I guess, I guess between kink and, you know, what this is, is abuse. There's no sheet of paper. There's no signature. There's no acknowledgement of what's going to happen. He's simply being led further and further astray. It started off simple enough, I'm sure, and it got worse over time, like all abusive relationships did. That's the difference between kink and abuse. Kink immediately starts off hot and heavy, but you know what's happening and you agree. Abuse is subtle. It progresses over time and you're unaware of it until it's far too late and all your friends have to come and tell you, hey, you're with someone who's very, very toxic and is really bad for your life. Where in the other sense, it's the wow, this person just hung you up from the ceiling and fucked your face for the last 30 minutes. And you agreed to that? Well, at least you knew what was happening. You said yes. Yeah, it, both, it sounds like both abuse and BDSM kind of get you kicked in the dangles. You can. You got to be into it. It can I'm be. Pretty sure she, that I'm pretty sure she kicks him in the nuts. Wait, getting, getting kicked in the dangles is a kink? CBT. Snuggy, okay, Bear, have you ever wanted to be kicked in the dangles? No, I've never <laughs> wanted to experience cock and ball torture. But I guess everyone's using Megan as this dominatrix figure in, in the public eye because to them, they only know what kink is, the large majority, from these stupid movies or books they read from that weird-ass lady who wants to fuck her dad, apparently, or her mother, whoever. <laughs> and so they think, oh, here's this controlling lady who is boning this man that has to be what uh, what a BDSM relationship is. She controls him publicly and he doesn't fight back. That must be consent for her behavior. So as a domain 
Alexa, uh, BDSM lady. I'm, I'm saying Alexis. So you guys know, this is Alexis. We work together. She's got a following online in the BDSM community. She does uh, BDSM for dummies. I'm sure she's thrilled. I just outed her. So sorry, Lex, too late. Now, in the uh, BDSM <laughs> world... Didn't make it 30 minutes. Didn't make it 30 minutes. In the BDSM world... Um, uh, we had a guy that would come into the strip club I managed and would pay the girls to crush his dangly bits with their stilettos. That is, wow. It's a great That's, message That is great. There. Yeah, That does it. happen. Yep. Producer sending messages. He's like, ah, uh, this is what's going on. The that fucking stilettos. You understand that you're... <laughs> do, you, do people know how many pounds uh, pressure it takes <laughs> to squish a ball, to squish a testicle? It can't be very much. It takes... A pound of pressure to pull a trigger to fire your average uh, handgun. Five pounds to pull off an ear. And five pounds to crush a collarbone. I don't think <laughs> it takes that much to squish a nutsack. <laughs> it's got to be the lightest squish ever of your life. Because obviously these guys aren't going there to have their nuts ripped from their scrotum. I hope. Maybe one of them is. Or, you know, there's kinks where people get eat each other. There's cannibalistic kinks out there. There is a guy in jail in Germany for that. Now, I know you always say never to sh kink shame, Lex, but what about people that go that far? Like the guy that was in the Lone Ranger. They're doing a whole docu on, he on his life now because he had a, a, the, uh, the, the fetish wanting to be eaten. Um, you know, Army Hammer. Do you think that's a reasonable kink? I think that you should never kink shame. Um, though I think that there are extremes where it should be, you know, taken into account. I don't psychologically know. Psychologically evaluated at that I, point. I, I think when it becomes cannibalism, like there is laws that go into play. Like you can't just go off and eat somebody. <laughs> no, here's the thing. What like do let you me think? wear your face as a mask as I do my little cookie dance. There's a difference <laughs> between that and hey, look, I am. Um, by the way, I, the answer is 110 kilograms per square centimeter to crush a testicle. <laughs> Excellent. Here's the question: Meghan Markle is the poster child for dominatrixes. You're a dome. How do you bad. feel well, about I her feel being the representative? The guy who had to be in that test experiment. Oh, fuck that bitch. You feel bad for the guy. You feel the bad for the guy that had to be in that test. Now she is the poster child. You do. I, I don't know how that even comes into play. Because people don't know any better. Like I think it's, you know, she represents a culture. I think you can't even yeah, consider ignorance on this one. Like, there's a it, difference between abuse, which is somebody that's gaining a power over a person, and then you have... BDSM, where it's a consensual power exchange between two people or more. Like, it sounds like they're both just are... taking power. Well, yes, power does come into play, but I think in every single relationship, at some point, you have one partner that has more power than the other person. It's not always going to be 50-50. That's every way... single relationship ever. Well, is it possible that in a in a kink relationship in BDSM, there is the option to take back that power, whereas non-consensual abuse, typically, it's never coming back to you leave that person? See, I disagree. I think that 
if you relationship with somebody and it's a BDSM style relationship, you have consistent communication throughout the relationship of the boundaries and what is your limits. Right, but don't you think Whereas that if, they, if you're in an abusive relationship, that's just simply uh, something, something is wrong with your connection. I would. Uh, can you call back into the show? You sound robotic. You sound like a robot. Yeah. So now would be a great time, uh, since we are talking about hair pulling and spanking, to talk about KM Extend Hair. They're actually doing uh, my hair extensions. We're heading to a premiere in Arizona of a Rob Schneider film. We're heading out that way. You're going to, by the way, Bear, I forgot to tell you. We're going to be meeting up with Ellie from Ellie Knows Rocks. And KM, uh, so guys, if you get a chance, check them out. KM Extend, but it's X-T-E-N-D hair fantastic go to their website check them out on social media if you need hair extensions wigs whatever they do amazing natural hair just fyi uh, i'm i'm filling mine in right now because i did a lot of quarantine haircuts on myself that's fantastic well thank you again to kim extend no hair. it's km extend sorry hair. km extend hair i thought you said kim my apologies no, it's km extend hair i apologize for getting your name wrong but you can find them online km extend KM, KMExtend.com. Yeah. Yep. Really X, good. like X T E N D. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it leads back into pulling hair. Hair pulling. Hair pulling. Yeah. Now, whenever we, we have Alexis back Harry's on, hair. put her through, if you can. I'm on. Okay. Oh, hey, welcome come. back. Did we see her pulling Harry's hair in public? Is that considered kink or abuse? I think it would depend. I Does he have to scream, yes, mommy, for it to be... Abuse? Yes. <laughs> or to be kink? Kink. The question I think I would ask, people have always equated BDSM with mental illness, especially since Fifty Shades of Grey. They think that anyone that's into it must have, you know, a mommy complex. And given that uh, Harry lost his mom when he was very, very young, it was publicly televised, it showed him walking behind the, the uh, funeral procession, heartbreaking... He's now gone to this really domineering woman who actually, when they started dating, went out of her way to wear his mother's perfume. That kind of further entrenches this idea that BDSM is for people who have, you know, lost their mother or who are looking for a mummy or a daddy. Do you think that's a viable view? I don't think... I think that she has used the fact that he wanted his mother's attention. He wanted to have some semblance of his mother and his life to her advantage. Like there has been discussions of her using the same perfume as Diana. There are so many things that it seems that she has tried to equate herself to Diana to use that to her advantage. And I think that that is a controlling tactic that she has used over him. Do you think that plays heavy into why he sticks with her so much? Like he feels this, I don't know if you consider it guilt, but this almost unnatural attraction to this well, woman because she tries to represent so much of his mother. He does have guilt, though. One of the things he talks about is his greatest regret was he hung up on his mother um, and didn't take her phone call the night she died. Ironically, he didn't get out to Balmoral because he was fighting to try and get his wife to go with him and didn't see his grandmother when she passed either. I don't know how many times you can make the same mistake. But you have a good question. Uh, what do you think from what Bear was saying? 
I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. Basically, do you think Harry puts up with her crap because she tries to resemble his mother so much and he feels guilt about not seeing her or talking to her before she passed? No, I think she uses her own power over him. Can you explain I that? I think she constantly manipulates him. She is I'm... a narcissist. Yeah, when you're dealing with somebody with narcissistic personality disorder, I think that's the problem. But you find that there does seem to be a crossover between people with narcissistic personality disorder and the BDSM world, at least according to Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, you've got to stop basing things off of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey is complete bullshit. It's not based in the reality of what a BDSM relationship is. And this woman is a fucking nut. She has literally caused children to kill themselves by trying things that they had absolutely no idea how to do. I, I'm going to tell you, I thought you were talking about Meghan Markle for a second, but I realized you meant the BDSM lady who created the weird fantasy world. My bad. Yes, like Meghan Markle got kids to kill themselves. Jesus. No, no, she's terrible. She's not that kind <laughs> of terrible. Um, well, on that very depressing uh, children are trying BDSM and killing themselves note, uh, E.L. James, either. yeah, E.L. James, you have a lot to answer for, according to Alexis. Guys, if you get a chance, make sure you are following BDSM for Dummies. I'm Summer Helene, we're on with my co-host, Bear Fjorda, and our very, very special guest, host of BDSM for Dummies, Alexis, and we'll be right King back. King for Dummies. King for Dummies. I keep saying BDSM, it's King for Dummies. King. King. Yeah. King. King. King for Dummies. Guys, I've sent you repeatedly to the wrong place. Go to Kink for Dummies instead. If you've already signed up for BDSM for Dummies, don't do that. It's Kink for Dummies. We'll be right back after this. Sorry. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety.
You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, the baddest bear on the cage, Bear Fiora. Hold on. I, I have to. I have a complaint to file, and I'm going to take the Meghan Markle approach here. Um, I, I will. I will get your. I will make you leave your family. I will make the public eye hate you. Uh, I, I will publicly hold your hand, and when you try and pull it away, I'll pull it back. If you don't, put my name on the show. Fine, I will put your name on the show. The bigger thing is, uh, as long as you don't make me juggle outside a window and destroy my reputation. Jo- Wait, oh right, she had him standing outside their little podcast, like in a, or whatever it was, interrupting their show for a second. What? How ridiculous! It's how embarrassing. Ridiculous. Like he—he's a freaking prince. I. And of course, thank you to our host of—is <laughs> it Kinked for Dummies? Kinked for Dummies. Kinked, K-I-N-K-E-D. K-I-N-K? No, K-I-N-K for the number four dummies. Wait, number four? Oh, you're hip. That's what all the cool kids are doing. <laughs> so. No, speak- it's like, you know, the four dummies series. I, I think it's great. So it's King for Dummies. Here's the big thing that's catching me. Why hasn't Ezra Miller and uh, Meghan Markle dated? They'd be perfect for each other. You stole my line. I did. Bear said that to me earlier, so I said it in front of him while maintaining eye contact. All right, but Lex, why do you think they haven't boned yet? They're perfect for each other. I mean, she's like 60 uh, years old. Different older. age brackets. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> likes children. She's too old. She's too old for the demographic. There, there's a there's a really really bad joke out there. About guys like him, there there are plenty of them, but don't. Yeah. The uh, it's it's just not a funny subject. He's an actual pedophile. As much as we're joking about this. He is a real problem, and I'm very, I'm very glad he's in police custody. Is what he, do we have to do? Yes. What do we have to do to get Meghan Markle in police custody? And somebody like we need to call Child Protective Services for Harry. He's clearly emotionally stunted. <laughs> do they do they have an ADP or uh, adult, adult protective protect, APS? Do they have that? They do, but it's not usually for for people in his age bracket. They but the thing is, I'm going to say this for anyone out there. Um, growing up in the palace, Harry is going to have been very sheltered very naive and not have been exposed to people like Megan, you know, the narcissist Markle. So he's not going to have had any idea that people like that exist. His entire life has been in service. It's been to the crown. It's been in the military. So he just goes with the flow because that's what he's been told to do his whole life. And then this narcissistic twerp moves in and all of a sudden he's following her direction. Speaking of following direction, let's get back to BDSM. So, you're not really liking the fact that this controlling woman is now the poster child for what you like to do for fun. No, I don't even know how, you know, we directly put somebody that is absolutely an abuser in direct lineup with a, something that is completely consensual. What do you think it would take for people to understand that BDSM is not uh, abuse? Uh, kill E.L. James. I'm kidding. Don't kill anyone. Don't advertise this. Someone will do it. And then this will be blamed. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, what, what do you think it would take realistically for people to understand that this is something that is consensual? It's generally not dangerous because we have boundaries. People understand their own limitations. What would it take for the public to understand this? I think slowly, slowly and surely we are getting to a point that at some point it will be a little bit less taboo. We have, I think, just by drawing attention to the and educating people on behind what it goes into BDSM, we're already starting to make progress in that direction. But I think that it's going to take time. I think, like you said, religion has a great deal to play in it. I think the fact that every sex itself is so heavily shunned, not only here, but around the world. Now, I'm going to say this. There is a movement of people online that want BDSM to be a recognized category like the LGBTQ plus community. And they want, uh, there was a lady that sued because she wanted her co-workers to call her partner her master. And so they just stopped inviting her to work barbecues because it got awkward. Uh, and there, there, But there is a whole group of people that are trying to get it as a protected category very much like the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. I don't know if we <laughs> should go that far. Alexis is on. She's like, oh, my God, I just need people to shut up. <laughs> We're trying I think to normalize that you should it. integrate, not try and create a separate category that is literally <laughs> putting you apart from everything else. Like, if you're trying to incorporate something, you're not going to create a whole new clique. This isn't high school, people. Okay. Now, what is the things, if someone wanted to get into BDSM, what advice would you give them? Aside from, follow, aside from following kink for dummies, obviously. Well, obviously. But no, talk to your partner. See, every single person, I believe, has some type of sexual preference, obviously. Unless they're asexual, but that's beside the point. That's still a sexual preference. You choose, you enjoy not being touched. Yeah, that's true. I don't, I, but, I'm not going to make that into a joke. I'm sorry. I had some pretty bad thoughts run through right you're now. You're grounded. I'm just saying. Uh, so the concept of, I guess I want to say, what point do we stop calling BDSM? You know, where is it? Where is it out of line? What do you mean? Well, think of it this way. Sure, there's kinks where everything, uh, the, the heavy kinks, everyone's going to be safe, sane, and consensual. But some people openly talk about a kink where they don't want to know that it's safe and sane. They're, they enjoy, or at least they think they enjoy the concept of a random uh, attack or sex act brought upon them. Yeah, consensual non-consent. And so is that, and my question is, is that where we could draw a line and say it's not okay? Because now we're bordering on the territory of... You know, they say they want this, but at the same time, it's something they also advertise not wanting to be talked about. They don't want to know it's going to happen. They just want it to happen. Is that something that would be considered safe, sane, consensual? Because it kind of violates at least a couple of those rules. Well, it would be something that would be discussed previously. 
okay, so this they're, they're not just like putting it out there. I want some. I want someone to break into my house and force themselves upon me. Some people are. There was an entire group of people. People are actually using BDSM sites as revenge for other people. There was a woman that put out for her neighbors that she wanted to be violated, and she used some other woman's name and got her raped. Yeah, some dude. Well, some dude broke into her house. I didn't know that anything that happened. Oh, you're talking about that's a different one. Oh, it's a different one. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's more than one. So, for you, uh, can I ask you what your preferences are? <laughs> like, what what are you into personally? Um, I specifically am a dame. I like to be in control. I and tend to be more on the sadist side of things. Um, but for me, BDSM, it rolls into every aspect of who I am. I am an assistant. I have a lot on my plate on a daily basis, and I use kink as a way to relax. Okay. It gives me what? a sense of safety by being in control. Okay. Do you think that um now for you you yourself have had quite a rough past. Do you think that led into your enjoyment of this kink? I think that by having the control, it does give me a sense of security, but I'm not sure how much of my past had a play in it. Now, Bear, you yourself are into kink. What are you into? I, I'm the male version of Alexis. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm <laughs> you not... You didn't have a I, I'm the opposite of Harry. I don't want things to happen to me. I will always be the... <laughs> I will be the initiator. I will make it occur. <laughs> And hopefully you agree with it. If you don't, we can go our separate ways. Okay, so you agree that it is as well with the safe, sane, and consensual thing. Yeah, I, and I don't, again, I want to double back. I don't mind the people who want to be forced upon. I don't see that as a negative kink as long as what Lex uh, had said where it's uh, an agreeable situation occurs beforehand. Now, you both have had very different pasts. Uh, Bay, you've had a much more stable past, obviously, than Alexis. You've had a healthy upbringing. She's had an unhealthy upbringing, yet you're into almost the same thing. So, obviously, psychology, like, this, the, the past doesn't have... Sorry, E.L. James, you fucked up. Uh, so, for you guys, is it hard to find partners that want to do this stuff with you? Alexis? No. <laughs> no, there are so many people that are either closet closeted kink or like you can find people of any type of profession that is into BDSM. Now, it is super easy. Barely an inconvenience. It is no, <laughs> there, there's very, there's whole websites dedicated to people who want to meet someone like me or Alexis. Um, you know, so oh, it, yeah. it doesn't really, it that doesn't life, exactly. There's kink. We we are not being uh, paid for that advertisement, so obviously these guys use it. <laughs> no, I don't use it. I, I'm committed, thankfully. Um, but again, I, I don't think it really – it's not difficult. I could advertise on social media that I'm into that, and I'll get tons of requests by guys, gals, tree stumps. Anyone would be who's you know ever thought of, I wonder what it feels like to be told what to do in bed. And beyond that, 
would jump at this because it's one, it's over the internet for some part, even with these, uh, even with these companies, these apps. So a lot of people tend to try and live a little vicariously through their internet persona and chat about it without having to actually experience it. Hence, porn is so big. You get to watch it occur. You get to experience this kink, but you don't have to actually deal with the repercussions of any mistakes or the other person. Uh, or people who are definitely into it and want to have more of this kinds of sexual intercourse or interaction with people. So they go out and seek individuals like myself or Alexis or people like myself and Alexis would hop on these websites and look for people who are more submissive, want it to happen to them so we can find, like you know, our, our other side of the coin. So, but what about like you and Alexis together? Is this something that that if you guys have similar interests, like would you and Alexis ever hook up? If Lex tried to put anything in my butthole, I'd punt her like a field goal. So no, I don't think that would work. You so, know, I think no, you definitely have to find not. the other person who is into what you're doing. You, you can't, if you both have similar interests, but they lie in the same field, like you both are dominance, you both want to be in control of the situation, you are more than likely not going to make it work because there's going to be too much headbutting. Your personalities don't even really clash or don't even link very well. I'd be surprised if you guys ever got to the sex part. It'd be very interesting. It'd be a good concept. Um, but yeah, generally you find the other. I would think you want to find the other person who meets what you're looking for in the partner. And if you're looking for a dominant person, chances are you are not a dominant person in bed. Maybe in life, maybe a job, uh, maybe just not in the sheets. Okay, we have about three minutes to close. Alexis, it, you're going to tell people, obviously, follow you on Kinked for Dummies or Kink, Kink or Kinked? Kink for Dummies. K-I-N-K. The number four, dummies, D-U-M-M-I-E-S. And, of course, follow us at TuneIn BTS. But I would like – what advice would you have for people getting into kink? What, what if Getting out there, where can they get information so they don't end up uh, becoming an E.L. James fan? Well, they can obviously get information on kink for dummies mm -hmm. and talk with your partner. See what they're into. Try if something interests you down to a silk tie. Speak with them and see how you can incorporate that into your fun time. What if your partner is not into it? Well, then compromise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on another thing there. And then normally I'll say against this, but I think there's some merit to the world of pornography depending on what you're watching and if your partner's aware of it. If you can get yourself or your partner to open up to what you watch um, and you guys can watch it together, that will also give you a great deal of knowledge and insight into what they're into and what you could or could not bring into the relationship. Now, of course, porn can be very toxic for certain individuals, but I think if you're not an avid user, neither of you are, but you both tend to watch some stuff you may not want to talk to your partner about, this could be a great segue into maybe bringing that to the forefront of your bedroom relationship. Well, that is some really good advice. Guys, please make sure you are following Kink, the number four, dummies everywhere. Please follow us at TuneIn BTS, and thank you very, very much for joining us. I know we were talking a little bit about Meghan Markle. For those of you that wrote in and said she's like a dominatrix, no, she's not. She's just an asshole. I know we talked about Ezra Miller, also an asshole. And we talked about kink. That's perfectly fine if that's what you're into. That doesn't make you an asshole. This was Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night.
Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.